Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Associate Pastor Chuck Coburn as he teaches from the Word of God. Good morning. A young man was in his Sunday school class, and the Sunday school teacher asked him a basic question. Johnny, do you say your prayers before eating? He looked up at a Sunday school teacher. He said, no, ma'am. I don't have to. My mom's a good cook. (laughs) A father and son were having a conversation, and the son looked at his father, and he said, Dad, I think mom has crossed the line. She is really serious about me getting my room cleaned up. And if you have teenagers, you understand this immediately. And the dad said, Son, how do you know that? He said, Mom has now taken bulldozer lessons. This morning, I want to teach you uh, on the subject, a magnificent mother, a magnificent mother. And although this is strictly towards mom, men, you can learn a lot from this message as well. This is just not for moms. This is for everybody. There are four verses in the Bible that talk about a young man's mother named Eunice. His name is Timothy, and Timothy's mother's name is Eunice. Only four verses in the Bible, seven sentences total. In the information, in the things we learn about this woman, they are extremely impactful. And so we're going to look at them this morning uh, to see how a mother should act and a mother should live. And um, just want to encourage you, this message is to build you up, not tear you down. This message is to help you, not hurt you. This message is to help each and every one of us understand how do we live And how do we uh, impact the children that are around us? Abraham Lincoln said, There can be no great men and women without great mothers. And that is the truth. There's always an old saying, nature versus nurture. But you know what, church? A lot has to do with the nurturing of our children. The impact you have on your children's life. The way that you raise them. The things that you do with them. The things that you say to them. It rests upon you because the Bible teaches us as parents, we are to do that very thing. And so this morning, we're going to look at a lady that's going to give us six characteristics about this lady. And the seventh one is actually her impact. And these six characteristics are, to me, are just mind-boggling. They're blowing away. So the very first one we're going to read in Acts chapter 16, verse 1, is that Eunice, Timothy's mother, was a believer. And the Bible says that Paul went first to Derbe, And then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Now that's interesting. The very first characteristic that we find out chronologically, and we find out book order in the Bible, is that Timothy's mother was a believer. Notice it doesn't say Timothy's mother was a good cook. It doesn't say she was an excellent mom. It doesn't say she was a great PTO president. The very first characteristic about Eunice was this. She was a believer. Wouldn't that be great 
that on the day that somebody describes seven sentences about you, the very first and foremost thing they say about you and they say about me was that I am a believer and a lover of Jesus Christ. Here is the Apostle Paul, and the one thing that he notices about this lady is that she was a believer. There's a lot of other excellent things about Eunice, but the one thing that sticks out in Paul's mind the most, and it's the very first thing that he points out, is that this lady believed in Jesus Christ. Now here's what's interesting about that. She's a Jewish woman, which means she was raised from the very start by her mother Lois to know that there was a coming Messiah. And they were looking for the coming Messiah. And when Jesus Christ came, they found Him and He changed their life. Do you realize how many millions of Jews are living on planet earth today still looking for the coming Messiah? And yet they have missed Him? This lady looked for Him and she found Him. And when she found Jesus Christ, it changed everything about her. Some of you this morning are looking for hope. You're looking for help. You're looking to try to figure out how to make ends meet. And that'll never happen until you meet Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord. You can come to church day in and day out looking for a Messiah. You can go to work hoping for a Savior. But until you meet Him personally, until you surrender Him with all your heart, soul, life, and strength, it won't matter. Jesus has to be your Lord and your Savior. And when Jesus becomes Lord and Savior of your life, everybody around you will know it, and it will not only impact them, it will change them as well. Think about that. We go to funerals all the time. And the guy will get up, the pastor or the clergyman who's ever doing the funeral, and they begin to describe the person who has passed. And I know sometimes the family member will nudge another family member and say, get up and go look to make sure that's your daddy. Because they're describing somebody way too nice to be your father. What will people say about you? What are they going to say about you as a person? What are they going to say about you as a parent? What will they say about you as a co-worker? Well, the very first thing they describe you as is a believer in Jesus Christ? Or they describe you as something else? Church, I'm amazed that Lois quality key characteristic in her life was that she was a believer in Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to be known for. Believers. Not churchgoers. Not river of lifers. We need to be known as believers of Jesus Christ who follow Him and will love Him till our last breath. And that's what this lady did. Billy Graham in 2013 said this, Our nation is in desperate need of consecrated Christian mothers. If we had more Christian mothers, we would have less delinquency, less immorality, less ungodliness, and fewer broken homes. Every mother owes it to her children to accept Christ as her personal Savior so that she may be the influence for good in the lives of those whom Christ has graciously given to her. Moms, there's no greater gift you can give your children in all the world than to be a believer of Jesus Christ and raise them up in the way that God has shown you to raise them up. The second thing that we're going to see about Eunice is that she was devoted to Christ despite the circumstances. A devoted believer despite the circumstances. In fact, we still read in the same passage in verse 16, the latter part where it says, but his father was Greek. 
Now, sometimes what the Bible doesn't tell you communicates more than what the Bible tells you. So if we notice that Eunice is a believer, but his father was Greek, then we automatically know that his father could not have been a believer in Jesus Christ because Paul would have described him that way. In fact, Paul describes him just the opposite. Paul describes Timothy's father as an unbeliever, as a Greek. So Eunice has to raise her son Timothy in the less than ideal ideal situation at home. I'm a believer. My husband's not a believer. But yet she was so devoted to Jesus Christ, she made sure that the father's worldly, ungodly, Hellenistic views did not seep into Timothy's life. So ladies, let me just be honest with you. Church, let me be honest with you. A lot of us probably will be raised in less than idealistic situations, but that shouldn't change the outcome of our children. We need to raise our children in a godly fashion. Because we are responsible for raising our children that way. And although Eunice's life was less than idealistic, she made the most of it by making sure her son knew the ways of the Lord. She made sure her son followed in the ways of the Lord. You have to understand, in the days of her life, there were a lot of strange philosophies that came in at that time. There were a lot of different religions There are a lot of different things that actually embarked and embalmed just everything around them. But yet she made sure she held to her faith. Let's be honest, in our world today, there's a lot of strange things that are happening in our society. And we have to be so careful to make sure that our children know the truth. Our world tells us that homosexuality is alright. My Bible tells me different. And my children need to know that it's different. Our church needs to know it's different. We don't need to endorse it, but what we do need is to love them to Jesus. Our world teaches us that it's okay to live in sex before marriage. It's okay to lie blatantly over and over again. And our children need to hear that it's not. The Word of God teaches us just the opposite. And if we're not careful, social media with ungodly parenting will destroy our children. We, as a church, need to stand firm. We need to hold to the teachings of the faith, and we need to be careful to let our children know what's important in our life. Although Eunice's life was less than idealistic, she made sure her son did not follow the ways of his father. He followed the ways of his heavenly father. And ladies, as a mother, make sure that if you're living in a less than idealistic home, and my wife better not say I am, you better make sure your kids are following the right way. That's our responsibility as parents. There's a, a historian by the name of Masterian that says this, that it's not so much religion that makes the character of a people as it is the people who determine the character of their religion. Let me repeat that. It's not so much the religion that makes the character of the people as it is the people who determine the character of their religion. See, we can claim to come to church and we can claim to know Jesus, And you can claim to be a believer of Jesus Christ, but if your life shows something completely different, you're communicating to the world that He is not who He says He is. Because He's supposed to change our life and make us whole, make us new, make us different. Eunice was known as a believer. She was known as a woman that was devoted to Christ despite her less than idealistic home values. The third thing we see that she was known for was she was a woman of genuine faith. In 2 Timothy 1.5, we read this. 
I remember your genuine faith. Some translations will say your sincere faith. For you shared the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Paul says, Timothy, I know you have a genuine faith. And where your genuine faith comes, it comes from your mama. And it also comes from your grandmother. When times get rough and things go south, how genuine will your faith be? For this lady, she lived in the days of Nero when Christians were being killed, being persecuted, being dipped in tar and lighted up in a garden just to light up a Nero's garden. She held fast and furious to her faith and never let it go. She was genuine. When things got rough in her life, she clung to the cross rather than letting go and going after the world. You know what a litmus test is? A litmus test is where we take a piece of a kind of a paper type thing and you dip it to make sure this thing either has acidity or has alkalinity. That's what a, a litmus test does. The litmus test for you and I today is how we do under the persecutions of the world. How we do under the temptations of the world. Are we truly holding to our genuine faith in the Lord? Are we letting go and chasing after the world? See, our children don't need wishy-washy parents. Our children need parents who are strong. Our children need parents who are faithful. Our children need parents who day in and day out will teach them and show them how to live the right way of life. One of the best quotes I've ever heard in my life is this quote. We teach what we know, but we what? We reproduce who we are. You can teach your kids till you're blue in the face, parents. But let me tell you what, when somebody calls and you tell them to lie about you, they're learning to lie. When somebody does something and you do something the exact opposite in front of your children, they're learning from you. They're learning from me. We inadvertently teach our children more silently than we do verbally. Fathers, how you treat your wives teaches your child how to treat their, their wife. Mothers, what you say about your spouse will teach your children what they should do and treat their spouse. They watch every move we make. And what they learn from us ultimately will affect how they live life. Unless the gospel changes them. We have to be so careful to make sure what we live will impact our children in the right way. A couple, about a week and a half ago, um, my daughter Carly is taking uh, college classes and one of them is online and um, she reads the email and, you know, every paper and every test is due by midnight. And so Carly just understands. She's like most of us. She's practicing patience. She waits till like 10 o'clock at night on the night it's due to, turn, to start doing the paper and start taking the test before it's done. Well, she, she comes home the other night and she says, I've got to take my final. And uh, it wasn't quite 10 o'clock yet. And she says, I've got to take my final, but I've got plenty of time. It's at midnight. And she waits till about 10.05 to get on the computer. And as she opens up the computer, she knows that she can't log into her test. All of a sudden, the panic button goes off. Well, now she checks her email. And the email was from her professor that said, the test has to be done by 10 o'clock p.m. No extensions, period. 
So now Carly has gone beyond the deadline, and now she's going to make a zero on her final exam. Now, my daughter has a better than a 4.0 GPA, so you can imagine the horrific experience she had. Carly, we need to pray. So we pray, and i got to be honest, I, I, I probably wasn't, I wish I'd have been more like her mother. We prayed, and then I go to bed. Listen, my brain shuts down at night, so it was past 10 o'clock, and, and, and the fervency of prayer for me is gone. I mean, if it's 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm there. 10 o'clock at night, forget it. I fall asleep in mid-sentence talking to you at 10 o'clock at night. So Jennifer gets before the Lord, and she begins to pray, and she prays and she prays, and I'm, I'm thinking about 10 or 15 minutes later, Holy Spirit said, go tell Carly to check her email. So Jennifer gets up, goes to tell Carly, Carly, go check your email. And the professor made an exception just for her. I'm telling you this because what my daughter learned was an inadvertent thing. She learned not through watching her mama. She learned that when my mama prays, God can move a mountain. So I probably need to learn to pray because God will move mountains in my life. What you do inadvertently will ultimately impact your children. And Eunice was a woman of genuine faith that ultimately impacted her son. So she's a believer. She's devoted despite the circumstances. She's a woman of genuine faith. Are you, could you imagine, ladies, could you imagine the Apostle Paul describing you this way? I mean, this is in God's Word. This is how he's describing this mother. The fourth way he describes her is that she was a woman that taught her son the Word of God and how to live. Look at 2 Timothy 3.14 and 15 with me. He tells Timothy, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they're true. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. Notice that. That his mama made sure she taught him the Word of God. Now, moms, you shouldn't do this alone. Dads, you're really the responsible party. You're supposed to be the spiritual leader of your home. But I know this is Mother's Day. Moms, we need to teach our children the Word of God. Not only do we need to teach them the Word of God, we need to teach them how to live. We need to show them how to live. The reason why most of our kids are so disrespectful today because mom and dad hasn't taught them. The reason why our kids do what they do is because mom and dad hasn't taught them. You, hey, listen. I believe in giving a child what they need. If they need love, you love them. If they need a good swat on the bottom, give them a swat on the bottom. They need that. My children may be able to tell you my dad and my mom were rough and I, li- I looked death in the face and lived to tell about it. But one of the things my children have learned is they will respect people. They will love the Lord and they will honor those in authority. That's what they're learning. They learn that from mom and dad because mom and dad are teaching them. So if you've got young kids, and hey, listen, even if your kids have left home, still teach them. They are still, listen, until they're about 40, they're still young and dumb, okay? They need to learn. Teach them. As long as you're a parent, as long as you're a parent and you're alive, you have the blessings of the Lord to teach your children the ways of God. My dad is 75 and if my dad wants to tell me something about his word, I'm going to listen to my father. I'm going to listen to my mother because they're my parents. Teach them. Show them. They need to be taught not only the word of God, they need to be taught how to live. I thought you would have fun with this. Here are some of the definitions of a mom. You know what a dumb waiter is? A dumb waiter is one who asks the kids if they would care for, to order dessert. 
These are mom definitions, okay? Full name, you can relate to this. Full name is when you call your child when you're mad at him. I really thought it should have been him or her, but it just says him because boys are a little more reckless when they're younger. You know what hearsay is? Hearsay is when toddlers do when anybody, anyone mutters a dirty word. Puddle. A small body of water that draws other small bodies wearing dry shoes and clean clothes. I got to tell you this story real quick. Many, many years ago, we had a wedding at the church. And we had this little girl at the wedding and she was in this little bridal dress and everything. She was so cute. Well, it had rained that day. She got out on a bike and accidentally rode into a ditch full of water. Just, you know, puddle. Clean clothes, trash shoes. How about a show-off? A child who is more talented than yours. Now, now this one is probably for every household. Who done it? None of the kids that live in your house. <laughs> and maybe the best for last, grandparents. The people who think your children are wonderful, even though they're sure you're not raising them right. <laughs> we need to teach our children many wonderful things. Listen, I was, I'm a blessed, blessed man. Because I have two godly parents. I was going to church nine months before I was born. And I was raised in the church. And one of the most wonderful things my mom ever taught me, not only was prayer life, but just the assurances and the promises of God. So I've been a diabetic for 43 years. And 43 years ago when diabetes was on the scene, there wasn't great care for diabetes. There wasn't a lot of understanding and research in fact, what they basically told my mom was, you can pretty much assure if your child's not careful, he'll have his legs amputated and he'll go blind. That's just the, the commonality of diabetes. He'll probably go blind and he'll probably lose some feet if he's not careful. And of course, your mother, seven-year-old child with diabetes, we didn't have blood tests. We didn't have pumps. My mom prayed. And my Lord gave her the promise that your son will never go blind. And my mom began to instill that in my mind at age seven years old. She said, son, I prayed to the Lord and He's gave me the assurance that you will never go blind. And if God's made that promise to you, He's going to keep His promise. 43 years later, I go to the optometrist. Guess what, church? I have 20-20 vision and I have no sign of diabetic retinopathy because God made my mama promise. And my mama taught that promise to me. And I will cling and hold to that promise. One of the best advices my mother ever gave me when I surrendered to the full-time ministry, she said, son, the best advice I can give you, if you'll just preach Jesus, you'll be all right. I've never forgot that. I'm going to preach Jesus. The fifth thing we learn about Eunice is that she was trustworthy. And that, to me, is exciting. 2 Timothy, once again, 14 and 15 says... But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust. Ladies, what a compliment that a child can trust you to raise them right. That they can trust you for the right advice. Men, that a child can trust you that you're going to raise them right. That they can trust you that you're going to give them the right advice. They can trust you for that very thing. Timothy could trust his mom 
because his mother taught him the Word of God and he watched his mama live her life of faith. So when, so it's sometimes hard to trust the Word of God. But if they see it lived out in their parents' life, a child knows they can trust the Lord. Make your, make your children know they can trust the Lord by the words that you teach them, by the life that you show them, and the life that you live. So when they say this very... When they say, I know that's like foreign and weird to me that the Bible would say that, but I can trust that because my mom, my dad, they live by that. found this interesting in Success Magazine. The seven traits of highly trustworthy people are they're authentic. You've got to be authentic with your kids. They're consistent. That's the best thing you could probably ever give your child is be consistent. Don't waver. Be consistent. They, are, they have integrity. They're compassionate. They're kind. They're resourceful. And they're humble. That's just it. And that's in a secular magazine. But it is so clear the way parents should live their life as well. Not only was she trustworthy, but you've got to read this. And this is for everybody in the church. Number six, that spiritual motherhood goes beyond your children. Do you realize that? And as Derek so clearly stated a while ago, it's just not these parents' responsibility, it's our responsibility. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those. Notice he doesn't mention mom and grandma by name, he mentions everyone. Because spiritual motherhood goes beyond just a biological mother, is that there are people at River of Life that need some mamas and some grandmamas. There are some people at River of Life that need a father, they need a grandfather to love them, to speak into their life, to encourage them, to direct them, to correct them. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says it, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Let me just take a moment and share this with you. I'm blessed. I can still remember my first, my kindergarten Bible study teacher, Miss Bryant. My first grade Bible study teacher was Miss Peak. My second grade Bible study teacher was Miss Payne. My third grade Bible study teacher was Miss Buckley. My fourth grade Bible study teacher was probably my favorite, was a lady by the name of Miss Coburn. My fifth grade Bible study teacher was a lady by the name of Mrs. Smith. Once I got into middle school, it became men, Mr. Carter. But what I'm telling you is that sometimes you think when you teach teacher, they don't, students, they don't remember you. We remember. We remember what you've taught to us. We remember how you've impacted us. Listen, when I showed up at First Baptist Sop Choppy years ago, I was a 22-year-old graduate of college. And I told all my buddies, they said, where did you move to? I said, well, if you go to the end of the world and go about another five miles, that's where I'm at. That's Sop Choppy. So here is a 22-year-old young man, dumb to follow that, and I don't have any family members around me. But see, God blessed me, because God knew that I would need people in my life to help me. So what God did, God gave me some spiritual moms. The very mom I want to mention is Miss Beth Jones. you got to understand, the closest McDonald's back then was Tallahassee. I mean, I'm 22 and single. I mean, you're telling me McDonald's is in Tallahassee? But I would go over to Pastor Henry and Miss Beth's house and she would cook the most magnificent dinners. She would hug me and talk to me. But see, I needed a mom like that and I remember that. I also remember we'd, we'd go out on the, 
on the back and Brother Henry and I would play ping pong with others. We had a great time. But see, I needed a mom that would nurture me and care for me and love me away from my mom. And that was Miss Beth. And then because I have diabetes and I'm not the poster child for diabetes, God put this lady in my life by the name of Linda Stalvey. And so when I would go off on youth trips, she would really watch me closely. And when I would bottom out sugar-wise, she would take care of me and give me the sweets I need and help me out. She would take, you know, pray for me and encourage me. I needed Miss Linda in my life, and I still need her in my life today. But back then, I really needed some moms. And then if that wasn't well enough, see, when I would come into the office, I would need some motherly advice. And Miss Diane Gray would be there for me and give me the advice I needed, to give me the hugs I needed, even give me the firm correction I would need. But that's part of being a mama. And that's what we need to do. We need to have mothers at River of Life. But we also need to have grandmothers. And I have two favorite grandmas at River of Life. Miss Betty Fusco and Miss Audrey Evans. You know, grandmas spoil their, ki- their grandkids. And they, they spoiled me. Like I said, you know, 22, single, need help. And Miss Betty and Miss Audrey spoiled me. See... What you need to understand is that my mom raised me the best that every child could ever be raised. I don't know what it's like to drink because my parents never drank. I don't know what it's like to smoke because my parents never smoked or drugs or any of that because at the age of seven, I gave my life to Jesus and I've never looked back because of my mom and dad nurtured me in that direction. Now, please hear me, church. You can come from the most ungodly home and still be a firm believer in Jesus Christ, and you can come from the most godliest of homes and be Satan himself. But that nurturing will help you out, and it's our responsibility to help each other out. Listen, River of Life needs some moms and some grandmas to nurture some people in here. And listen, you may be 50 years old today, you probably still need a mom to nurture you. And that's all right. You may be 15 today, you need a mom to nurture you. And that's good stuff. We need people to nurture one another, to encourage each other. Well, maybe today you say, I want to be that person that that can encourage, that can train, that can help. I told my grandmother who passed away at the age of 92, I said, Grandma, you're never going to die. I said, you're a praying woman. And I'm always in need of prayer. So you're probably never going to pass away because I'm in need of prayer. (laughs) Let me tell you what. I am who I am today because I had faithful mother and father. I have faithful mothers and fathers at River of Life who love me, they pray for me, they encourage me, they correct me. And that's the job of the church, to love us, to encourage us, to correct us, so that we can glorify God in all that we do. So the product from Timothy's mom, Eunice, is this. Timothy was a product of his mother. 2 Timothy 1.5 I remember your genuine faith. Why? For you shared the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. The faith that his grandmother had and the faith that his mother had was just passed down. Now he had to accept it He had to embrace it, but it's a lot easier to accept and embrace when they're living it. That's what he had to do. I just want to encourage you this morning. You may have not grown up in the less idealistic homes. You may not have been the best parent around. It's not too late for your life to be straightened out, for you to get on board with the Lord. Let Him change you. 
Let him love you. Let him encourage you so that things can be made a difference in your life and my life. So here's what we learn about Timothy from his mother Eunice. The change that Christ brought into Eunice's life changed her son Timothy's life. You realize that? Because she loved the Lord and she taught her son the word, it impacted his life. The faith and devotion lived out in Timothy's mom's life was lived out in his life. He was faithful to the Lord till his dying day. The genuine faith that Eunice displayed was portrayed in her son's life, Timothy. We read that in 64 AD, Timothy uh, was preaching the gospel. He was taken out and martyred. Faithful to the day he died. He was faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ because his mom was faithful. The Word of God, Timothy's mom taught him, was heard in his speech, the way he preached to his church. What was instilled in his life, then he now instilled in other people. Because Timothy's mom was so trustworthy, the Apostle Paul trusted Timothy to partner with him in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And last, the maternal instinct Eunice displayed to others was carried on by her son Timothy being a pastor. Wow. What a testimony out of seven sentences out of the Word of God. We need to be in that same scenario. This morning, if you don't know Jesus, He wants to change your life and make you whole so that you can impact others. This morning, if your home is less than idealistic, God wants to help you, to empower you, to encourage you so that your home can change. If you need a mom or a dad this morning, if you will join this church, we will help to mother you and father you and grow you up in the ways of the Lord. If you've been without a church long enough and you know that's what I need to do, I've walked with the Lord long enough, I need to be the one that's nurturing and enabling others. I want to encourage you to do that this morning. Moms, you realize, ladies, without you, the church would have gone down the toilet years ago. I'm thankful for faithful ladies. I thank you that you remain faithful despite your surroundings, despite your home life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I thank you for your moms who you've been faithful to your kids to raise them and to love them and to grow them up in the way they should go. Thank you, mothers. But it doesn't stop there this morning. We need to be a people that truly will be called believers. We need to be a people that will be known for devoted to the Lord despite the cost. That we need to be genuine in our faith. We need to be able to teach others the Word of God and the way to live. And we need to show that in our spiritual life by being trusting to other people. And of course, last, we need to father and mother some people that need help. I know the Holy Spirit has spoken to some of you this morning. And I want to ask you to come forward and just follow His leadership. If you need Jesus this morning, you need healing and hope in your life, come forward. Let us pray for you. Let us help you. If you need a mom or a dad in your life this morning, come join this church and allow us to foster you and grow you up to be a godly person This morning, if you need to be that person, 
You need to be a part of loving people and encouraging people. Why don't you get involved in this church's life and join us as we make a difference in this county? Pray with me. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.